everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as always, like I always say, we've got a great show for you today because every artist that we bring on is great. we got Jet Jorgensmeyer coming on, and he's done some great things, not, on, not only just in as an artist, artist, but also in acting and stuff. He's, he's really the all-around guy, and you've got to meet him. So, Jet, are you here? Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Well, we're excited to have you on. And Sandy, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Yeah, we're we're kind of in different rooms so that we don't because we're, we we're a husband and wife kink co-host, and so we're in yeah. different uh-huh. rooms so that we don't so that we don't um, the phones don't. Um, Feedback. Yeah. <laughs> feedback. Yeah. That, that can always be a problem. As a musician, yeah. I know all too well about feedback. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember yeah. we did a live video um, interviewing Wildfire from Texas on our Facebook page, and I remember we went 30 minutes with feedback, and we didn't even know it. We are 20, oh, 20 no. minutes. We finished it up, and they were like. Um, Everybody was like, we couldn't hear nothing. And I went back. I was, oh, God. And we realized that they needed some earphone, earplugs and stuff. Well, oh, yeah. They, 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 mm-hmm. they were so great that her dad reached back out to us, I mean, immediately. said, hey, time, let's run it again. I said, okay. There you go. <laughs> we did that whole right. thing over again. <laughs> We had a similar experience since this whole quarantine. We've been able to uh-huh. do um, mm-hmm. our second season of my Disney Junior show, Taught, from home. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, wow. the first record that we had, <laughs> boy, was that a cluster. It, it was, we had like 20 people on the call when we only needed like five. And we had both <laughs> me and Christian, who's my other co-star on the show, we had mm-hmm. every producer, every executive for the show, and people wouldn't wow. use their mics. So it was like if I talked, <laughs> I heard like eight more of me after the fact. Our wow. engineer was so flustered. He was like, I don't know how to edit this. This is crazy. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Now we got it down to where it's like if you don't need to talk, have your mic muted. If you don't need to be on the call, don't be on the call. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Because you know, again, yeah. with all the coronavirus, it's definitely taught people how to do go, do things a different way because we have no choice. Definitely, it's not always easy though. So, as we get started here, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a little brief overview of you, so they get to know who you are. All right. Well, I'm 15 years old. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. Even though raised is kind of a funny word as to, to where <laughs> I'm from because I've been going from California, Tennessee, and Missouri my entire life. We have homes oh, wow. in those three states. So, uh, like I just said, I'm uh, Pip the Penguin on Tots for Disney Junior. I'm Boyd Baxter on Fox's Last Man Standing, which just got picked up for our ninth season. Had to do that little plug oh, wow. right there. Oh, okay. And I'm a musician. I have an album that's out. Feel free to check it out. You're just the gift of all talents, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, 
I'm still trying to learn how to drive, so that's always a challenge. <laughs> now you got to learn. Yeah. I guess now you're probably trying to figure out how to balance it all because you. I'm sure you're really busy. I I am. It's uh it's funny because quarantine's actually made stuff really busy because now I'm able to <laughs> constantly work because we've got the whole mm-hmm. like recording stuff down. I've been able to do some. Uh, writing sessions for some more songs. I've written a couple songs mm-hmm. since the quarantine started. Uh, and I've been able to see a lot of my family and be able to work on our family farm a lot more. Yeah, that's, all. Yeah, that's like quarantine stepped us up too. Because um, we launched a show January 3rd of this year, and the goal was really to interview 80 people the first mm-hmm. year. I mean, wow. that was the goal. And you're now at your <laughs> 128th interview since January 3rd. Boy. Because what had happened was when when the coronavirus shut everything down, I told Sandy, you know, this is our time to shine. Um, everybody, Absolutely. everybody's going to have time. Everybody's going to have, you know, a lot of artists. They're trying to figure out who to talk to. Well, guess what? I, oh, yeah. I even told Sandy, I felt like I bet bigger artists that normally wouldn't come on our show would come on our show now. And sure enough, that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. We've been just throwing needs, it out the water. Everybody needs to talk with somebody. They need need a place to <laughs> yeah. go and listen to people. I need to realize that there's still people out there, even though we've been attached to our phones this whole time. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I remember when we interviewed Jenny Gill, Vince Gill's daughter. Um, yes. She, she said on Facebook before we interviewed her, she was telling everybody, come check out the interview um, live. And she says, she says, am I going to talk to, because I ain't talked to nobody in a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It, it was the quarantine didn't change a whole lot for me when it first started because uh-huh. I'm still homeschooled. I still I finished ninth grade, so like school and everything, work kind of changed <laughs> as did it for every as it did for everybody. Yeah, but yeah. not a whole lot changed until we got like three months into this, and mm-hmm. I was in the same house every day with my parents. <laughs> As a 15-year-old boy, I was looking uh-huh. for every excuse to get out and go to the farm, go see my cousins. Uh-huh. And But one of the worst things was when we got here to Missouri was that I couldn't hug my grandparents for like two months because yeah. just wanted to make sure that – because, I mean, we drove yeah. across country. We drove from California to Missouri. So I really – we really wanted to make sure that we didn't – Get them sick because they're in their 80s. Yeah. But as soon as as oh, soon yeah. as my parents were like, I think it's all right for you to hug your grandparents. I was so <laughs> so excited. Oh that yes, is, that is really awesome. So what I mean, it sounds like that the this being an actor and singing, you've really been all your life. When did you know that this could be a career? At what age did it click? You know, I think I think we kind of realized it from the start. I mean, mm. I when you're from Nashville, you're going to be involved in entertainment in some way. There's going to be yeah. something that you end up doing at some point that's going to help help with somebody's career in entertainment, or you're going to be the person with the career in entertainment. <laughs> uh, and but it really started. My parents owned the Nashville Palace in Nashville, the bar, mm. and I got, I would walk around there and I would have like a broken microphone. I just walk on the dance floor and sing and act like I was doing all these great things. And <laughs> when I was three years old, I started getting on stage. 
and I'd sing and I'd tell jokes and it's it's just it's been a part of me my entire life. And hmm. the uh, the Mandrell sisters, uh, their family, Barbara, Louise, and Arlene, their mother, Mary Mandrell, they're like mm-hmm. they're like family to me. They're they're like my aunts. And oh, wow. Barbara or uh, Mary said to my parents, you know. Jets kind of got the same thing Barbara had as a kid. Why don't you guys try acting with him? And I was four at the time, so my parents were like, ah, sure, why not? He never meets a stranger. He can talk for hours, which is is very (laughs) true to this day. And I went went to my first audition, and I was like, I get to go in this room, and I get to meet these people and, like, just have fun? Sure. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with it. I, I, it's something that I have loved ever since, and I hope to continue doing it. So it's definitely there. I mean, because I know that a lot of people realize that that passion is just there almost from day one. And like uh, when artists we interview say that the first time they got on that stage, they just knew they were where they're supposed to be. Absolutely. I love my thing is I like making people smile. And yeah. whether that's through acting, whether that's through music, sometimes you have to make them cry to make them smile. Either way, <laughs> I think entertainment <laughs> entertainment makes people smile in some way, and I'm I'm happy to do that. Now, do any of your acting roles involve you singing too? As of right now, uh, Tots for Disney Junior, mm-hmm. we get to sing in every episode, so that is really cool. Or I oh, that's say, cool. Tip the Penguin gets to sing <laughs> in every episode. <laughs> and uh, I've had some other voiceover shows that I'm on where I get to sing a lot. But mm-hmm. my my ultimate goal is to be in a musical. I've said that for the longest time. Oh, wow. I think a musical would be so cool. So I haven't that... exactly had a live action role yet where I've been able to sing a whole lot. <laughs> That's coming though, huh? Absolutely. I can sense it. It's close. <laughs> you know, so uh, one thing I'd like to do, too, when we first get started is, you know, mu- music's one thing, but, I, you know, and pa- that's your passion. But what are some things you'd like to do outside of music to help keep yourself balanced? You know, I really – I'm lucky. I have a very strong family that mm-hmm. has always been supportive of me and that I can always go to and talk to and have fun uh, as I've gotten older, I've become a lot more close with my cousins because on mm-hmm. my dad's side of the family, I'm the second youngest cousin by, I think, three years, two, three years. And then on my mom's side, I'm the youngest by like 15 years. So age gap. But as I've gotten older, I've been able to become very close with them and mm-hmm. been able to hang out and do more things with them. And honestly, my friends, I'm very lucky to have friends that are just normal kids that just (laughs) like me for me and I'm able to do fun stuff with. If I text any one of them at Mm -hmm. any point, if I were to text them right now, I would get a response within two minutes. I know that for a fact. And that's something that I think is important for everybody to have, to have somebody that you can go to. And it's probably harder being – you know, in being an acting and musician and all that, because sometimes then you got to be careful who's using you and who's not. Absolutely. That's something, and I'm very lucky to have parents who are very cautious and very <laughs> involved in my life and career and able to help me uh, be be careful. 
but yeah. also they're the kind of parents that still are able to do that without imposing on anything and still able yeah. to take me places mm-hmm. with my friends and let me go hang out with people and be a kid. That's awesome because you, you got you got to have the best of both worlds. I mean, because like, you, you know we see you see a lot of the actor and actresses where they were kid stars. And then they grow up in nothing but drugs, alcohol. Now, eventually they get clean, but but I think that when when parents push them so much in that arena, I'm like, you're going to make it, whether no matter what I got to do, only do that. And I think that sometimes will drive them insane. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's very like important to have those close people with you. So right now, what drives you? What's that inner thing that drives you to keep all this going? Just wanting to be the best and wanting to constantly be better. Uh, there's, I love just like the other day I, I spent two or three days last week working on a farm, and I was tedding our hay, so I was driving a tractor constantly the entire day. Mm-hmm. And I was able to listen to music while I was doing that. It just kept – every song that I kept hearing just kept inspiring me with song ideas and new things to write about and trying to write it down on my phone while I'm jostling around in the tractor. And there's mm. just, there's so many mm. things. It could be just a sign driving down the road, everything, just wanting to constantly get better and wanting to be the best at what I do. <clears throat> so when you look back on your career so far, um, both acting and singing, you know, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? highlights. You know, one of the one of the best experiences for me was Adventures in Babysitting because something <laughs> so rare happened on that film shoot. We were all in mm-hmm. Canada for two and a half almost three months. And we are all to this day connected, close, keep in touch, see each other almost <laughs> some some form <laughs> of us see each other almost every week when we're in California. Like mm-hmm. we're the best of friends. And that is something that is for everybody to get mm-hmm. along as well as we did, even the older kids that were from, at the time, my age, 15 to 20, we all got along so well. And wow. I could text any one of them, and they mm-hmm. would respond. And we could just strike up a conversation like we had just seen each other yesterday. That's just something that I was very thankful for because after doing this for so long, that's something that has still rarely ever happened to me personally. Yeah. And now so that, that you're was getting definitely in, one of my cool deep things. into music, what's what's a cool thing that's happened in music so far since you're really trying to go this route some? You know, opening for Gretchen Wilson last year oh, wow. was extremely cool. Because I was I opened before Jesse G, who I just actually saw oh, wow. a week or two ago. We wrote a song together mm-hmm. and then Jesse was opening for Gretchen. And I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting the entire mm-hmm. crowd to be there when I was performing mm-hmm. because I was the <laughs> opening opening act. And if mm-hmm. I walked out on stage with my guitar player, Brad, my uncle Brad, and we saw the amount of people that were there. There was not mm-hmm. a single person that was not there for my performance that was there for Gretchen's. Everybody that was wow. there for her performance was there for mine. And that <laughs> was amazing. That was so cool. 
And another another one that was amazing was performing at the mm-hmm. White Sox when we were able oh, to wow. go out on the field and perform a few songs. And they had us mm-hmm. jerseys made. That was just huh. that that was one of the coolest experiences ever. You know, you've lived a really cool life at only 15 so far compared to most people. Do you ever think about that, that how, how not just, I mean, it's not luck because, of course, you, you work hard, but, but how great that is? Absolutely. Yes, sir. And that's why I try to be able to take my talent, I guess, to everybody and be able to perform for everybody and talk mm-hmm. to everybody. And every time I meet new people, I try to have a genuine conversation with them because, you know, a smile can go a long way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I hate when people yeah. say, oh, they're lucky. And it's, and if they knew some of these artists and actors' schedules, they wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <clears throat> Which is leading me perfect into the other side of it. Because one thing I always like to do on our show is flip the script a little bit. We talk about some of the highs, but I want to talk about some of the lows, too, the sacrifices, the struggles that an artist has to make. And, of course, I guess you've seen it from artists and um, being an actor, too. Um, but I'll tell a little story of where I want this to go, and then we'll go there. Um, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time they were full-time with music. One of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And her words were, if, you, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you change, once it becomes a career, because you have to eat, think, and sleep music or actor in your case too. You have to, says you, you, you have to make so many sacrifices that we, don't ha- we, we can't just do regular birthday parties. We, don't, we can't show up at birthday parties. We can't show up this. We can't do – you know, if, if I have a bad day today – and I got a gig tonight. I got a smile on that stage like I didn't have a bad day today. She goes, we have to sacrifice so much. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of it, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go on that side of it a little bit. That's some of the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, it's very true. It, it's, it's something that I always say when people ask what advice would I give is it mm. has to be something you're passionate about. It has to be something yeah. that you're willing to put the work into because it's not it's not really easy. People think that it's very easy. It really isn't. I mean, yes, there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made. There's plenty mm-hmm. of roles that I've found just, oh, they're so cool, and I put so much time into it. But you get the call and they're like, they went another direction. Or you're on stage mm. and you've practiced for this performance and you mess up a song. There's, there's so many mm. things that go wrong. But when something goes right, it, it feels so good. Because that hard work and that dedication and those low times paid off. Mm-hmm. And I, we always say, my family and I always say, everything happens for a reason. And mm. I truly believe in that. I think that if you weren't supposed to have this role, you weren't supposed to have it, and that there's going to be something that will come up down the line. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, um, 
because people see the glory, but they don't see the grind. That's why I like to go on that side of it about how tough it. Because you know, before an artist makes that that a step into this world, they need to know the full truth. It's not all fun. I mean, if if it was that easy, you, you, all you had to do is get up and sing, you'd have way more people trying to be successful. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and and you're talking about you know that things happen for a reason. I've got a story kind of around that. I remember, um, I guess, the second month in, it might have been March or April, but I remember I was um, frustrated because we're, you know, as a show, we're, you know, we, we, we like interviewing all artists, no matter who they are, but you still want to grow and get bigger artists too, you know. I mean, I don't want to ever become the show where we only interview big artists. You know, the goal is to do four to five interviews of rising artists a week and one or two big artists a week. But, you know, we got to build to that. And um, I remember uh, months ago that I was frustrated. I was almost ready to quit. I got an email of someone who I really thought I had a chance of getting on my show because I, I knew her parents, I mean her, her family, her dad and her sister. As you know, once you're signed with a label, that don't matter. <laughs> and, and, Absolutely. And, um, <laughs> they control that. <laughs> so – I got an email being denied, and I was a little upset, and like, well, what am I going to, you know, is, are we ever going to grow? And I remember about an hour later, I got another email from a PR company that, that said, oh, we've got six artists we want to bring on your show. And I was looking through wow. the six artists, and I seen Anna Christina Cash on there, on the list. Wow. And, and I didn't know who she was at that time, but I looked her up, and I was like, oh, she's part of the Cash family, and and. She and yes, she married John Carter Cash, <laughs> um, who's the, of course the son of Johnny and you know Johnny Cash mm-hmm. and June Carter Cash. And so I was like, yeah, we'll do all six. Um, can we do Anna first? And so they did. We got Anna on there, and she was kind of the game changer for the show because after she came on, we that's when we got Jenny Gill, we got Carlene Carter, we got. Um, um, who else? A few of the other ones that were legacy kids artists, you know. So she was kind of the game changer for us. So one day when we're big, when we were a big host like a, maybe a Bobby Bones, we'll have to go to Anna and say, "Hey, you've changed our show." <laughs> yeah, wow. that's awesome. So that, but yeah, that, but that was one of the moments where it was one of the moments where I just felt like, is it? Is are we ever going to have a, even a small breakthrough? Came an hour later. With with that, and like I said, we got turned down by one and got six offered. So you know, I thought, that, hey, that, that's that cool. Really, you know? That's that's exactly what my point was. I was like, mm-hmm. it may not look like a, a like a good thing, but you hear the saying, a blessing in disguise. Yep. <laughs> it very well could be. And, and I never say who because people know who this person is. But one day we'll get that person mm-hmm. on our show. I, know, I yeah. have no doubt on that. <laughs> Oh, yes. There you go. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to play your song, Parachute, and then we're going to talk about that. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast 
hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
really cool song. Great song. Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell us the story behind that song. Well, that song, well, I, I can never talk about the song without mentioning the music video. I, I, I'm, the music video, I always ask people to check out. It is one mm-hmm. of my favorites. It was so cool oh, wow. to film. We were lucky enough to have one of our friends say that he'd let us use his land and his quads to film it. It was <laughs> such a fun day. And yeah. I, I just, I ask everybody to check it out because it's so, so amazing. But when my parents and I heard the demo for that song, we were all kind of like, wow, this is perfect for the album. <laughs> it's upbeat, it's exciting, it's got a, it's got a fun kind of message to it. And mm-hmm. the musicians that we had record that song and do the, do the instruments on it, they're, they're just so, so good. And the way that they can make the song have so much feeling just with a with a simple with a simple little tune it's it's amazing <laughs> that's really cool um one of the things i'd like to do on our show that that i think gets m- missed is the behind the scenes people uh, you know a lot of fans they see you you know they see your Blake Shelton's and your and all your other artists out there but they don't see the pr company people they don't see you know the managers the you know and anybody that's behind the scenes so we always like to let the artist take a couple minutes to just talk about a few of the people that, that make you who you are, you know, to help you be who you are today. Because without a team, you can't do what you do. So if you want to take a couple minutes to talk about your team. Absolutely. Well, the, the main two people that really are the behind-the-scenes experts are my parents. They, like I said earlier, I'm very blessed to have very active parents in my life. My uh, my mom, she does all the all the scheduling things and getting <laughs> stuff ready and making sure that I know what I'm doing because honestly, uh-huh. I'm a typical 15 year old that has no idea what I'm doing that day unless my <laughs> brother tells me. So yeah, and my dad, I he's been like my teacher in it on school for a while, and he's. <laughs> does all like the book work and keeps mm-hmm. everything under mm-hmm. control and is my personal driver. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd be able to get anywhere without him because he knows the back roads. He knows how to get everywhere. If we're going someplace new. He spends two hours studying the fastest way to get there. So they oh, are wow. definitely the two main people that nobody mm-hmm. really sees doing their work. And, uh, my my PR company, they are very active in helping with social media, and mm-hmm. I'm very very blessed to have them doing that work as well. Yeah. So tell us a parent story where um, they did. Now, granted, I know that they probably do something every day that kind of is like this, but just something that maybe stands out in your mind where they went above and beyond on something, and you just knew, wow, they believe in my passion. Honestly, the fact that they have both come out to California with me and both been there from day one and both never left my side and wow. they've always we've always done it together. We've never mm-hmm. been two of us. There's never been there's never been a shortage of parents. They've always both been there. And that's something that 
kind of speaks for itself. And, and you know, I love what mm-hmm. you just said there because my wife and I, we've been a 24-7 couple for 17 years marriage. Yeah. And we've, yes. we've got an 8-year-old, so in our 8-year-old, we homeschool him and all that mm-hmm. and have been, not because of corona, but we did wow. before that. So we're, we, we do everything together too, so we totally understand yes. your family d- dynamic. Absolutely. Yes, it's it's, it's very important to have family. And one of the things that we like to do, we kind of have a third co-host we kind of joke about. But we do. We let our eight-year-old come on, and he always asks one question to each of the artists. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick to ask you a question. Oh, awesome. And when Caitlin gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in too. (laughs) Sounds good. Here's Christopher. Hi, Jim. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Oh goodness. That is such a tough question. So I'm I'm the eater that will eat anything. But I have I've like three favorite foods, all right? Two of them are breakfast items, so bacon and eggs. They're I mean, kind of an obvious duh. And then <laughs> my third one is kind of out there. Some people think this is very controversial, but I love sushi. Oh wow. Yeah. And what's yours though, Chris? Uh, pizza. Pizza. Wait, I have to ask this question then. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Mm. <laughs> I don't know if he's tried uh, yeah. All right. I'm not sure if we have. Do you? No, we probably have. He's had pepper. I mean, he usually gets pepperoni or sausage. I love. I love pineapple on pizza. That's something else. People. People think I'm crazy. <laughs> They're like, I can't believe pineapple on pizza. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he comes and goes quick. But, you know, I've always been t- – I, I, I plug like him it. in the show. And you know what? Yeah, he, he loves to he, be part we of always, it. We always joke. We're like, he's our secret weapon. Because every time we hear an artist that we interviewed, if if they talk about our show on video and something, they almost always mm-hmm. talk about him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> I love it. He knew what he was asking, and he knew what he wanted, and then, yeah. boom, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's direct to the point. <laughs> and, and he gets upset if he's. There's been a few times where an artist has to cut out early, because I always, usually when oh. I bring him on, I know I get about fifty shows, about what I time, fifteen, maybe mm-hmm. twenty minutes, something like that. And sometimes it goes longer than that, but usually I know. Yeah. I, can, I know about how the show's going, and um, so when I bring him on, it's usually closer to the end. And so sometimes the artist is like, um, I just had. A call come in. Is there any way we could just cut this? Oh yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, and so then he's like, I didn't get to ask my question. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Now, now the last yeah. time that happened, I, I remember. The, uh, I guess about a week or two ago that happened, and I told the artist, I was like, Well, can I, can my son ask you one question first, and then we can go. <laughs> I will have that be the last question. <laughs> there you go. I will try to remember that if that happens again. <laughs> so if you could like co-write it. with, so if you could <laughs> co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Oh boy. That wow! You had to ask that. Man, there's so <laughs> many great musicians out there. Oh my! Uh, I mean, you could pick a couple. One person that I was able to meet when mm-hmm. I was really little was George Jones. So uh, yeah. maybe being able to write with him that might be something 
really cool. <laughs> yes. So that might be that might be someone that I'd love to write with or would have liked to write with. Yeah. And mm-hmm. about honestly, I'm open to anything. You know what? If <laughs> if I were to be able to write with George Jones, eh, I'll let him choose. I'll just I'll be there. You, you know, we we did interview Georgette Jones. We did. I'm I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What, what was that? I said we did. We we interviewed Georgette Jones recently. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, she was. Yes, we were excited to have her on the show. <laughs> so she was that, really I, awesome. I bet that is awesome. And I think she is. I think she was one of the ones that went ninety minutes with us. If I'm if I'm remembering. Yeah, right. yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so when you look at other songs out there, and this could be current or or one that you've heard in the past, what's a song out there where you're like, I wish I wrote that? You know, I really lately I've really liked the song Hallelujah. I think that song, especially that it was written in 16 minutes, I think that's kind of like a a, a wow moment right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that song, I think I love the message behind it, and I think it, it just sounds, every time mm-hmm. I hear it, it's just like, ah, makes me just kind of sit back and just breathe in and breathe out. It's just a nice song to listen to. Yeah. It's like one of them that grounds you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, what is your songwriting process like? I mean, do you write or the music first, or do you write, you know do you write lyrics first? I mean, what what's your thought process when you're about to write a song? You know, that kind of changes with who you're writing or what stage mm-hmm. you are. But when you get to writing it with somebody, sometimes I have a line or two that's in my head. I kind of have a melody to it, just kind of some words written out. Sometimes I find a cool chord progression and a cool beat to kind of go with it. It really, Mm -hmm. it really differs from time to time. Uh, But I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to write with people who are both good at coming up with lyrics to a rhythm that I, that I have in my head or, being able to come up with uh, a rhythm to words that it's all about who you're writing with. Most definitely. So, um, but I'm about to ask a question. The way I ask it, I have a purpose for the way I ask it. I'll explain the purpose after I ask it. But if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it in this way, because I want artists to open up and really think about what can happen. Um, we inter- um, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini. Her answer of where she wanted to be in five years almost is to the T of where she's at right now. I mean, it was you couldn't you couldn't pick the perfect answer that she gave us back then to where she's living right now. And so I always like to use her story as an example. Say, look, you know, this girl knew where she was going. So I always like to try to get artists to really think about this question before they answer it. So if all bets were off and it would for sure come true, where do you want to be in five years? Oh, boy. I mean, I still want to continue down the path that I'm on. I get asked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Do 
do I want do I see myself in five or ten years still being an actor and still being a musician? That's a definite yeah. yes. That is that's <laughs> a part of me. That's who I am. Honestly, I've I've kind of lately I've been thinking about this a lot. I would love to perform mm-hmm. at the Grammys. I think that would be that would something. Be awesome. I know that's I know that's a big that's a big ask and a big thing. But and, and you know you, you could sing and do comedy. See, see, they they could that, hire there you they go. could they they they, didn't, they wouldn't have to hire two people. They could hire you, and you could do exactly. comedy and sing. <laughs> yeah, there is, I mean that that's the done deal. So being able to do that, I think, would be very very cool. And being able to perform in front of my music music mm. idols and people who are so talented, I think that would just be out of this world. <laughs> that would really be awesome. So um, let's say you had a friend, and let's say you heard him or her sing, and let's say that they got something special. You could, you know, you you can tell there's something special about about them when they sing. Now this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. And let's say that your friend has um, maybe played tw- twenty, maybe thirty shows so far. They're still getting their feet wet on the show side, but they've gotten on that stage with the crowd roaring. And they just knew they're in the right place. They knew they're supposed to be here. And they come to you and they say, Jet, I just know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I mean, I, I, it's still kind of the same advice that I said earlier about making sure that you understand that it's not super easy. It's not and I'm sure mm-hmm. that they would have realized that by now uh, yeah. to what you're saying, how long they've been doing it. But still, it's the thing that they need to know that there will be ups and downs. There will be people that won't be as nice as you think they are or as they act. But yeah. it, it's that it's very much so worth it and that they just have to keep pushing and that they have to try to work with other people and – Keep working on your craft, constantly be practicing, constantly be doing your warm-ups and practicing guitar, singing, writing new mm-hmm. material. There's so many things that go into it that it would take forever to list it all. But yeah. just knowing that you have to you have to convince <clears throat> yourself that you know you can do it, that you're willing to put the work in. Because once you convince yourself, then everybody else doesn't really matter. It's what you think. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I remember the best advice I think we got when we were first launching the show. I reached out to a Nashville friend and asked him what advice would he give us. And I think this is great advice for no matter who you are, but especially if you're in entertainment. And I remember him saying that, um, "What be and stay authentic. Tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. You could tell every joke of other hosts that do big shows." He says, and he said, "You might even be pretty good at doing that." He says, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. So if you will stay authentic from the beginning, it might grow slower, your show, but the right audience will come. Absolutely. That is very good advice. You're right. Because, you know, you see a lot of people and, and, and that they try to be someone who they're not. And you know, and you can tell when they're authentic or not authentic when they're singing. I mean, because 
there's a moment where you you either hear the music or you feel the music. If you can feel the music, they're usually authentic. Absolutely. You you, you can tell. It, it's one of those things. You can tell if somebody's happy on stage or if they're not. You can tell if they're happy in front of the camera or not. It, it mm-hmm. may be subtle, but it definitely does show. So as we get to the last question here, and I'm sure you've been asked thousands of questions out there. So um, questions that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do. Oh, boy. There, there are lots of questions that have been asked to me, and all of them I seem to be able to come up with an answer for. I, I would say maybe something like, about how you're able to stay grounded and how you're able to make sure that you have proper family and those proper friends that are willing to stay Which with good you thing is we, throughout the whole thing. The good thing is we discussed that. <laughs> so that <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. That, that, which, which is it's kind of funny that you did ask me that is because that is a question that I don't really get asked a whole lot. That is something mm-hmm. that I do like being able to answer, just making sure yeah. that you have those those people mm-hmm. and the way you can tell that they're genuine. Mm-hmm. If it kind of it actually yeah. kind of fits into the advice that you said you guys got was if you're if if they're still with you and they're still your friends and they're still your family when you're being the true you and you're being authentic to yourself, then you know that they're there for the long haul and you know that they're there with your best interest in mind. Yeah, exactly. Because that's important. I mean, again, like you said, surrounding yourself with great people is so important. And, I, and that's what I love about Absolutely. Nashville. And I agree, we've never visited Nashville yet, but we'll be visiting later this year, but we're going to move there next year. It's funny. People always ask us, <laughs> how do you know you're, you're going to like Nashville? I'm like, oh, we'll be fine there. We, we got, we got oh, yeah. way more friends in Nashville than, than we do here in Savannah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, then there you go. <laughs> and we just got another one. So, I mean, again, we, we I remember what really showed me the meaning of Nashville. Now, some people would think this is small. Um that, now this was before, now granted, when the tornadoes happened, that really showed the meaning of Nashville. But before the tornadoes, <laughs> I remember I was asking a friend I I posted on Facebook that um looking for a podcast mic if anybody had an extra one. And, of course, I've got a lot of Savannah friends, so I'm, I'm expecting someone from Savannah to say, yeah, I got one, you know, come get it. But one of my Nashville friends private messaged me and, and says, what's your number? I'll, I'll mail you one. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's when amazing. I knew. Yeah, and, again, some people would say that's small because podcast mics aren't that expensive, but it's just it's one of those moments to where yeah. I know it's I'm supposed fact, to be in there. It's the fact that – it was somebody from there. It, it's it's mm-hmm. amazing. It really is just like a family there. Everybody's everybody's so nice. I think that kind of goes with the South in general. Everybody's nice. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And you know what? At this point, you can tell everybody how they can reach you on social media and all that. Well, you can find me on all social media platforms, including YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all all the things. You can find me my name, Jet Jurgensmeyer. That's uh, Jet with one T, like the plane. It's an easy way to remember it. That's how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jurgensmeyer, it's really 
spells how it spells, J-U-R-G-E-N-S, M-E-Y-E-R. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on today. I hope you enjoyed because we, we try to keep, make this a conversation, not an interview feeling like. Absolutely. I had a, I had a blast. This was awesome. Well, we're oh, glad. we love hearing and, that. And we look forward to bringing you back down the road as you've got bigger things to come. Thank you very much. I'll be happy to come back. All right. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. Okay. You have All a right, great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye.